Hey there, welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in incredible conversations with amazing leaders in ministry and ministry partners as we encourage and challenge one another to live fully into what God is calling us to be. Each episode, we'll dig into three questions. One, what is hard about being a woman leading in ministry? Two, what is one transformational or even trajectory-changing lesson you've learned about leadership? And three, what does it mean to you to lead bold? We know you're going to absolutely love our guest today. Our guest is Naomi Brigado. She happens to have 10 siblings, four kids, and only one husband. (laughs) She and her family live in Santa Cruz, California. Naomi is a pastor, is a life coach, and has been in professional ministry at schools, churches, and camps for over 20 years. She is super passionate about helping people of all ages grow in their relationships with Christ. She loves to laugh, drink coffee, and snuggle her dog, Coconut, who I believe is a pug for all you pug fans out there. We know you're going to love this conversation and we're excited to hear from Naomi. Let's chat with Andrea and hop into the episode. Welcome to our conversation with Naomi Bergato titled, Be a Good Everything. So many of us can relate to that sentiment. Well, in this conversation, Naomi shares her story and what she's learned the hard way. She talks about finding the balance between helping others and helping herself and how when that's out of whack, it leads to all kinds of problems, including burnout and self-reliance. So no matter where you are on the I must do it all scale, this conversation will speak to what's driving you and will give you clarity to find God in the middle of it. Well, hello again, everyone. We are here with another great conversation about leadership and ministry and what it is to be a woman in ministry. I'm here with my co-host, Erin. Hey, Erin. Oh, hey, y'all. How are we doing today? It's good. Happy Friday. Yeah, we always record these on Friday. And I like your hey, y'all, because it's just like, it's Friday. We almost made it through the week. We probably (laughs) survived. It's the hope, man. It's the season to survive. Yeah, that's our vibes. We have low expectations. We just want to survive, okay? I mean, thrive, nah, just survive. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here with our guest, Naomi Brigado. Hello, friend. Hey, hi, you guys. So excited to be here. Excited to have you. I'm, I'm happy for our Lead Bold community to get to know you. One of the things that I love about this podcast is it just helps us make new friends, you know? It's like new conversations in your living room. Or, or, and nobody listens to a podcast in their living room. What am I saying? In your car, <laughs> while you're working out, when, when else? <laughs> yeah, on your walk. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, it's good to be together. Now, Aaron and Naomi, you guys thought you had met each other, and then we record where we can actually see each other, even though it's audio. And then we came on, and you guys were like, wait, we don't know each other. (laughs) What happened? We knew each other's names, but we did not know each other's faces. So that was funny. Right? I was like, oh, wait, no, you're not. Aaron, I know. Sorry, that was awkward. But hey, now we're friends. Now I know you. That's right. Now we know each other. Now we can't say that anymore. We've seen it. We can't say that anymore. It, to be fair, it could have been more awkward if one of you was like, oh, wait, no, we haven't met. And then the other one's like, no, yeah. we totally met. We had a really meaningful yeah. conversation. <laughs> yes, that is the worst. Okay. I've met people like seven times and like, I have no idea who you are. Yeah. That always makes you feel yeah. good, doesn't it? It happens. Yeah. It's a great feeling. <laughs> well, we are going to have good vibes here and not those kind of feelings. Yeah. And I have a I have a sense that once people listen to this conversation, Naomi, they will not forget you because I Aww. know that you have some significant things to share about 
your own experience um, in ministry leadership. And I know that so many of our audience will really connect and relate. So thanks again for being here with us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's just jump in. Um, You know, we always ask these three questions and just jump in and right away with what is hard about being a woman who is in ministry leadership? Tell us a little about your story and what, how you would answer that question. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm a mom of four. I have a big family. I grew up in a family with 11 kids. And yes, our par- my parents, like my mom and my dad had all of us, no adoptions, no twins. We didn't grow up Mormon. Like, Whoa. I don't know. It's so we, we have, you know, a big family. Um, I'm married and work full time. And so it's a busy life. Um, and I think for me, just trying to figure out how to, I'm passionate about the Lord and connecting people to Christ. And I get fueled by helping people. I love helping people. I think the hardest thing for me has been figuring out the balance of helping other people and helping myself. Um, I haven't, I think I've uh, failed more times than succeeded. And so I've had to learn a different way of living because um, I kind of figured out that, that for me, helping other people feels really good and helping myself oftentimes doesn't feel as good because what it requires of me to do is to kind of uproot some negative emotions, to acknowledge some negative emotions, to um, process and deal with things that sometimes don't feel as great. Um, And so I think that's one of the things that's been the hardest for me is realizing helping myself um, is just as important, if not more important, than helping other people Um, just because I want my life to be a life that leads from abundance and not a place of burnout. And one of the things that I um, deal with is anxiety. And so I think originally when the anxiety started showing up in my life, I was able to kind of resist it and pretend it wasn't there. And that worked out okay. And then it was kind of (laughs) like, did it though? You know, Did it work I don't out know. okay? <laughs> I think I thought it, I thought it was fine. And then, um, and then as like more challenge, you know, you get older and you go through hard things. And as more challenges came in my life, I, I kind of learned to take this anxiety that I had and channel it into something good. So I'd be super productive. Mm-hmm. But I went through a season where it was like crisis after challenge, after hardship, And I found myself trying to outrun my anxiety, which led me to burnout and feeling empty inside and leading on empty, which is just a miserable feeling. Mm. So so back up for a second and what did it look like for you before you kind of named this and understood and got to the burnout? What did it look like for you to be so focused on helping other people that it was at the cost of helping yourself. I just, I know that women can relate to that. And I just want you to flesh out a little bit about what did that actually look like? Like, give us an example. Yeah, I think for me, I, I don't think people at work would have ever noticed or people, you know what I mean, would have ever noticed that. I think it was just this underlying feeling dead inside. So what did it look like to other people? 
I don't know that other people really knew. I don't think it was recognizable on the outside. Um, you know, the only thing I could think of that maybe somebody would have noticed is just busy, busy, busy. Like yeah. I'm literally running, I'm running, physically running from one appointment to the next, jumping in my car to go, you know, pick my kids up at school. It just felt like this hurried life that I didn't want to live. I didn't, I mean, I wanted to live my life, but I didn't want to live hurried, but I didn't know that there was another option for me. I felt like this is the only way to do all of the things that are on my plate, like yeah. to be successful, you know, to be a good everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the, okay. Real quick. Be yes. a good everything. Erin, name of her fake autobiography. I think I love know it. it right now. So You're going to, you need to so write good. an autobiography and it's called what, what was it? Good at everything? Be a good everything. Be a good everything. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's yeah. A good be one. a good everything. Okay. But we'll have to think of a tagline as we yeah, talk. Yeah. We, that's a joke we have here on the podcast is we always come up with whatever fake autobiography our guest has to write based on something that they say. So be a oh, good everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Naomi's like, okay. what are you talking about? Oh, I thought um, you meant she was going to write that. Okay. Oh, I no. You, oh, no, you no, have no, to write it. Oh, no, I have to write it. Got yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. That was in the fine print when we invited you to be part of this. Um, No, but that, okay, man, there's so many things there because just the expectation that we as women feel and put on ourselves and the, the things we pile on our plate that make us have to run from thing to thing to thing. So, and just the other layer of the loneliness of it, because we, we, people don't know that we're doing that and we feel this compulsion to have to do it. So what you're saying is you looked like a kind of just normal, high functioning woman leader. Yep. Um, and yet you were, like you said, feeling kind of like things were dying inside. Yeah. And I would describe it as exhaustion. Like I felt like I was on a hamster wheel or I was like, I don't know if you guys have ever played the fruit ninja, but it's like <laughs> this ninja that chops fruit. Oh yeah. He's like, chop, And I felt like all day I was solving problems and I would just chop, chop, chop. And I would get to the end of my day and then I would wake up the next morning and I would just start all over again, just solving problems and then get to bed at night and go, okay, I chop problems all day long, like Fruit Ninja, and I'm so exhausted and I'm just waking up to do it all again. And that's not a way to live. You know, I think, I think I got to the point where I said, okay, Lord, (laughs) here's the deal. You and I are very close. Like, you know that I love you. And I believe a hundred percent that you've said you you have come to give me life. This doesn't really even feel like life. It feels like I'm on a hamster wheel, you know, half dead inside. Um, But not just life. You've come to give it to me more abundantly and you already have given it to me. I have full access So why in the world am I not tapping into this? And so I pressed into the Lord in a new way. And I just said, God, you have got to show me. I believe it's there for me, but you have got to show me how to live abundant life. You've got to show me how to access this because I'm at a place where I can't keep leading on empty. I can't keep leading from burnout. I want to, I want to lead from abundance. I want to lead from, from your abundance, your abundant life that you've given me. You know, there is, um, there's so much, I, 
in that that I'm hearing that I just know will resonate with people. And there's this feeling, I think, as women, like we are such good actors. We are so good at making it seem like everything's okay. And what you just shared there really reminds me of like, I constantly love to think about Jesus being a human person and experiencing Mm -hmm. the human walk and why that's so incredible as part of the gospel is, you know, there, there was a time when Jesus was afraid and he cried out to his father as a human person and was like, I can't do this. I'm scared. Yes. Um, And I, I love that that is a moment that like, we think, you know, sometimes we're afraid almost to just like come to the Lord and be like, show me how to do this. Like show up, put somebody on my doorstep, stop me at the grocery store. Like Lord, put something in my view so that I understand. And there's something really vulnerable in the moments where as women, like, and it's sad that sometimes we don't do that more readily and more often come to the Lord with that, but we wait for like a moment of breakdown, right? We wait for like, I can only hold on for so long, God, and now I'm coming. Um, And I love that that's kind of where it brought you in terms of like a, a turn in the road that was like, God, help me see the abundant life. Like I know you've had it for me give me a visual cue as to how I yes. can make this work, which well, is awesome. And, and one thing that was so crazy is I realized I had this underlying belief that I didn't even know existed. It was like a subconscious belief because I've grown up in a Christian home. I, I've always loved the Lord. I've always wanted to be close with the Lord. But I had this belief that the closer I was to Jesus, the less and less negative emotion I should feel. Definite flawed theory. I don't know. Maybe no one else has thought that. But I was. Oh no, for sure. Oh, okay. I'm like, am I just a crazy person that I was believing this without even realizing that? And I'm super. Like, I feel like I have a great relationship with the Lord. I love the Lord so much. But I was like feeling the shame about the anxiety, about the fear, about even sometimes anger or different negative emotions that I had. And guess what it was doing? Creating more negative emotion. And I would always bring it to God because I don't know what else to do, right? He's my best friend. But with that would come all of this added negative emotion on top of it because now I'm layering shame. Like, I shouldn't feel this way, Lord, and I'm sorry, but here I am. Like, I'm this horrible human being that just is laying it at your feet again and help me. I'm, you know, and the Lord showed me, oh my goodness, abundant life. You know what abundant means? I was picturing bunny hops, like abundant life to me is like this picture of me frolicking through a meadow with flowers and bunnies all around and butterflies and blue skies. You know, I was like, yes, I love this abundant life. And it was these bunny hops, like little semicircles that were just full of abundance, la la la, light hops. It's not a care in the and, world. Yes. And, and it's like, I looked up abundance. Okay. You know what it means? It means full full. And the Lord showed me, it's not a semicircle of hops. It's a full circle. Mm. To live abundant life is to actually experience your positive emotions and your negative emotions. Yeah. And to have, to feel all of them that the Lord has given us as humans. I mean, he didn't create anxiety so that we never feel it. I mean, maybe, maybe some people never, but it's like, no, actually, instead of resisting it and creating more and more negative emotion, I can actually just say, oh, I'm feeling anxious right now. Yeah, or like what is, you know, it's like these cues that are built into us mentally and physically, like we are not designed to be feeling that. So why are we feeling it? Something is not right with how our life is aligning, 
you know? Yes. So, and it leads really well, like, you know, our second question, we kind of talk about what is a learning that changed things for you? And it sounds like that is what it was for you, learning to face the negative emotions, learning to name the anxiety and to become friends with your anxiety in the sense that you learn how to, you know, the anxiety doesn't disappear, but you learn how to overcome, get along, <laughs> you know, yeah. manage it. What what did that look like for you? What's the, what kind of learning after you got to the burnout, what was next? Yes. Yeah. I think I had to realize that there was no shame involved. So once I, once I realized, okay, Lord, there's no, sh- there's no shame involved then in my negative emotions. I've got to actually go back and rewrite some of these stories I've told myself about Jesus being here on earth. Like I could not stop thinking about the, the story of the disciples in the storm. Hmm. And so I told myself this story that the disciples were out on the boat with Jesus. They had just come from all these miracles with him. And then the storm comes and then, you know, they run to Jesus and he's taking a nap and all of a sudden he wakes up and he's like, why in the world are you guys so scared? You idiots. Like (laughs) kind of irritated, you know, like you woke me up and you guys are scared. And what are you a bunch of lamos? Like, you know? And so then he's like, Oh, I guess I just have to, Calm the storm so that your faith can increase because you guys still haven't learned anything. (laughs) And so here's the thing. I don't know if I'm the only one that has told myself this story. I have no idea. But here's the thing that I said, okay, Lord, you just showed me that there's no shame involved in feeling a fear or anxiety. So help me to see this through your eyes. And so I literally invited the Holy Spirit in as I reread the story for Mm. the, what, hundredth time. And I just said, show me, Lord, what this, what, what, how did you see this? Mm. And okay, so this is one of the other things that was cool because I've recently become a life coach. And so you know how when you move into new phases of your life, you start to see things through different perspective. And one of the things that you do as a coach is you ask questions out of curiosity without judgment. Mm -hmm. And so as I dove into this story, it was like this. Okay, so the disciples went and saw these miracles with Jesus, but then they got out on the boat and, you know, the sea of Galilee was known for these abrupt storms. It would happen all the time. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they were even out on the boat was showing that they had some faith mm-hmm. and then the storm comes and what do they do with their fear? I believe it was a storm that was unexpected, probably um, to them, just a bigger storm than maybe they even thought mm-hmm. one that they didn't know how to manage. And they went right to Jesus and Jesus asked the question, not out of disgust and irritation, but he says with curiosity and no judgment, he says, I see you're scared. Tell me why. Mm. And in the midst of the raging storm, those disciples are completely connected to Jesus. And what he's doing there is asking a question, not because he doesn't know the answer, but he's giving them a moment to process what's going on in their mind, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. And what's happening is they are completely engaged in this connection with the Lord. And what happens is what happens. We all know what happens, right? Because the Bible says, keep your eye on me, right? Like you, you need to focus on the Lord. So here, here we go. We're no longer looking at the storm and we are completely connected to our savior. And now I see that I believe their faith increased in that conversation when the storm was still raging. 
that their faith increased and they said, I am so connected to you, Lord. I see you there. And that Jesus responded to them in love and was like, I'm here. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. And the disciples were like, okay, we're good. And then he's like, and I'm going to stop the storm, you know? Yes. Preach it, Naomi. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a roll. No, no. It's, it's so true. That perspective and where we put our own false narratives on our own shame and what we're supposed to do with it. So you were able to kind of see that different, that eye of compassion that Jesus has for you and that it is, you don't have to hold your shame by yourself. You don't have to hold your shame at all. Um, yeah. And does that tie back into the abundance for you, that's full circle? Yes, because when I'm feeling fear or anxiety or anger, let's say, anything that may be considered a negative emotion, now I can really just feel what's there without the added layer of another negative emotion. I don't have to have anxiety about my anxiety, right? I get to have anxiety and I get to feel it and I get to present it to the Lord. And I think that's, that's part of what has unpacked for me too, is this, um, I, I know what we mean as Christians when we say faith over fear, you know, we're, we're saying, Hey, let's increase our faith. Let's, you know, let's increase our faith. But in my mind, it was like, what if it wasn't faith over fear, but what if it was fear is a doorway to faith. Hmm. Fear, when we accept it and we, you know, feel it and we offer it to the Lord, that is where our faith increases. And, and so instead of thinking of shoving that fear down and putting faith on top, you know, it's like, <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm not going to do that because that's how I am. I'm like, let's solve this problem. Shove it down, get it in there and let's do that. You know, it's like, no, no, I can invite the fear. I can allow it. I can let it be a doorway to a room full of faith. And that, I think that is what's been so um, amazing for me in the anxiety, because now I can feel anxiety and I can say, Lord, I don't have to shove it down and be at peace. You know, mm-hmm. I can actually feel it, breathe it in, and it's a doorway to a connection with the Lord. I love that. I think that the part that is so like, I think anxiety and fears like sweet companion is, is shame. And you've said that today. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so helpful to hear from someone like you who works in ministry. Cause I'm sure a lot of our listeners are in that position where that shame exists because I think we aren't as open about, you know, because we're such good actors, like you said in the beginning, because we're so good at trying to pack it down and let, let people know that we've got it all together as opposed to like continuing to push ourselves in a sense of vulnerability as a community of believers where we ask for help, where we're open about our fears. And those are some of the things that I love about the Lead Bold community is this, it's a chance to hear from someone like you, Naomi, who says like, yo, I'm scared. Yo, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm anxious. Um, and the more I think that we're open to not only be super vocal about that with our father who loves us unconditionally, but to break past that that fear of other people knowing it, right? And being able yeah. to have that burden carried by our peers and our, our our brothers and sisters in Christ as we continue to kind of do God's work, the more that we unravel and un- uncover this thing, especially as women of having it all together and 
you know, we talk about it a lot, the whole Instagram and the comparison, all of those things lend into those, like you said, the stacking of negative emotions as opposed to being mm-hmm. free to say like, I am a human person and this is real for me and the Lord is in it and I have brought it to him and I need you to know that like, no, I can't get to that today and here's why and I want to be super candid with you about it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate, we, we, of course, we totally appreciate you sharing your, your candid thoughts with us. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a catch-22 that we do to ourselves where our heart is to be close to Jesus, to be dependent on Jesus. But if the fear and the doubt and the anxiety and the shame are the doorways to that, to the yes. faith, to the closeness, but we, we, like you said, we shove those down, we try to solve them or deny them or fix them ourselves entering into them is the very thing that gets us to mm-hmm. that deeper place of communion with Jesus, which is what we want. It's like, yeah. what is wrong with us? <laughs> which is true abundance and true freedom. Oh, I yes. I'm telling yeah. you, I, there's a scripture in the Bible. Now I, this is horrible because I can't remember where it is, but it's How all dare about, you? you How dare out? you know. not know the reference? <laughs> It's like, are you burned out on religion? Are you exhausted? Are you overwhelmed? I mean, I love the message version of that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, and then it's like, learn to live light and free. And I Mm -hmm. feel like I have been following the Lord my entire life and I'm finally living light and free because of this, because I found a freedom in the abundance that the Lord has given. And it's incredible. It feels so great. It's almost like like we were made for that. We were made for it. And so here's the cool thing. Okay, so this is the beauty of it. Because part of my question was this. Lord, I want my life to look different than, you know, um, maybe somebody who doesn't have your hope. But if my circumstances are the same, because they sometimes are, and if my behaviors even sometimes are the same, and now you've said I can even feel these negative emotions and those are the same, what's different? How is my life different from somebody who doesn't know you? And that's the, that's the difference right there is mm-hmm. saying, I have, I have the promise that Jesus is with me in every storm, in every emotion, and there's no emotion that I am scared to feel. And that is, you know, a lot of our fears, actually, we, we, we say that we're scared of a circumstance. We say that we're, um, you know, fearful of yada, yada, which we give a a circumstance or a situation. In reality, I think we're actually scared to feel what we're going to feel in that situation. And when you have the Lord, you know, there's a confidence in you that Lord, I can be in any situation and you will be there with me. You know, I'm a visionary futuristic kind of person, which is great for leadership. It can really sink you with anxiety because you go into the future and you're not there with the Lord. And so I've learned to say, okay, whoa, stay in the present. And if I get into the future in a negative way, I can say, okay, but I'm imagining this without the Lord with me, you know? So I need to rewind and whatever comes my way, like Paul, we know it's possible. He says, no matter my circumstances, I've learned to be content. Yeah. And that's the kind of life I want to live with confidence in the Lord. That, um, that passage you mentioned is Matthew chapter 11 in for the message. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. 
Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. It's awesome. Yes. Amen. I love that. Thank you for finding that, Erin. Thank you so, so much. So how does all this, as we kind of get to this last question of to you, Naomi, what what does it mean to lead bold? How does all of this connect to the idea of being a bold leader? Um, I think it's, it's funny cause I'm an eight on the Enneagram. I don't know what you guys are, but <laughs> you know, eights like to be strong and have it, you know, we're, we're, we're in control of ourselves, not in control and, of other and people. Don't mislabel eights apparently me. go into weird accents when they're being, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yes. Well, that's just part of my weird personality. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. And so I think realizing and seeing the strength in my vulnerability has been huge. I think to lead bold means to lead with vulnerability. And what that means to me is saying, I'm going to get really vulnerable with myself, first of all, and be honest about where I'm really at and how I'm really doing, which means stopping the rat race for a second, getting quiet with the Lord in yourself, journaling, you know, talking to yourself, whatever you need to do, um, that, that can help you process what's actually going on with you. And then to get honest with a friend. I mean, there were a couple of really amazing friends that pulled me through my burnout. Um, and then I also, I got, (laughs) I got a therapist and a spiritual director and a coach. And I, I, I had somebody that was already, you know, ahead of me that I could, uh, reach out to and, And so I got really vulnerable with myself and with a friend and with somebody ahead of me. And I think that that is leading bold. I think that is the way to live. Well, I think that is incredible, not just advice, but really rule of life, you know, rule of leadership for sure. And I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing your story, the highs and the lows, um, you're willing to share kind of what you learned the hard way. And I know that for those listening, we all have lessons that we've learned the hard way. And the hope is also that as we share stories authentically, we might save ourselves from some lessons the hard way and instead really just be able to live into what Jesus invites us into. And so I'm really thankful for you helping us do that a little better. Um, I'm thankful that you're part of our community and I really appreciate what you shared with us today. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. I um, I think that like it might be a little t- – it's very poetic. And now I feel like you have to write this. I think a tagline for your be a good everything, getting off the hamster wheel and on my knees is like a book I really want you to write now. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, cool. <laughs> I mean, you're an eight, so I feel like you could do it because eights are super productive. <laughs> yes, we are. All right. Well, you go get to that book and we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Naomi. Thanks, Naomi. Thanks, you guys. Bye. Well, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Lead Bolt Podcast. We hope you love this conversation with Naomi Bergado. We know we did. 
and uh, we wanted to share with you about some exciting upcoming things. As a reminder, for Lead Bold, we have our Inspired to Lead, the virtual conference for spring is happening April 30th. Uh, you can find more about that on our website, leadingbold.org. Um, signing up there, ways to kind of get information and see a little bit about our speaker and what the conference will entail. It's going to be an incredible time. Anybody can join. It doesn't have to be in person, so feel free to invite your friends from near and far. We would love to engage with you and continue to give you resources and opportunities to learn more about what it means to lead bold. We'll see you next time.